thank you for tuning in in today's episode. This is No More Silvering, and I'm your host, Dama. Now, in today's episode, we will be discussing Sulfur, the star of our show. Today, we will discuss how the element was discovered and the basic information. Then, we will have a discussion with another chemist, and we'll be right back. So, first off, how was sulfur discovered? Well, the earliest mention of sulfur is in the Bible, where it was called brimstone, but it was thought to be a compound, and nobody had proved it was an element until chemist Antoine Lavoisier proved in 1777 that it was indeed an element, and it fit perfectly onto the periodic table of elements, which is amazing, or else we wouldn't have this show. Now, onto the basics of sulfur. Its symbol is S and atomic number is 16. Atomic mass is 32, and its normal phase is solid. It is part of the non-metal family. So, this is just the basics, and I'm sure you guys all know this. So, this is just like a little recap. We'll be right back. Have you or a loved one been suffering from a lack of merch? Well, look no further and come on down to Genius, where we have our own personalized t-shirts that say no more suffering and they have the periodic table of elements on them. There are so many sizes, so many colors for everyone. There is a flash sale on Wednesday, 12 to 1, so be sure to stop on by and pick up yours today. Well, welcome back to No More Sulfuring. We left off on the basics of sulfur. Now, the only question left unanswered, and I'm sure you guys are wondering, is where do we find it? Answer is pretty easy to find. Sulfur comes from Latin. It's spelled S-U-L-P-H-U-R. So instead of an F, it has P-H. It's pronounced the same, sulfur. And it means to burn. It is found near volcanoes or near sedimentary deposits and meteorites, which is so cool. Um, what are everyday uses of this element also? It's used for so much. Matches, black gum powder, rubber, fungicide, fertilizers, sulfite paper, fumigants, dried fruits, insulation, dietary essentials. Like, we eat this stuff, and if we didn't, we'd be in trouble. Now, clearly, it is an element used by everybody. I think that's, that's an honest point here. Um, it's important to build our case today, so let's talk about Antoine Lavoisier. We need a little bit of background on him. Antoine Lavoisier, French, obviously, wrote a book called Traité Elementaire de Chimie, Elementary Treatise of Chemistry. Now, I know my French is really bad. I only took um, three years of it. I'm still taking one year. He improved the composition of gunpowder. So, gunpowder back in the day was super unstable, was super unpredictable, especially guns, too, mixed into this. Like, it's, it's so much... You are carrying 
danger in your hands and he he found a way to fix you know how it went together so there was like less casualties less less accidents and he died apparently on the guillotine at the age of 50 an aristocrat obviously he also discovered oxygen carbon silicone and he was a nobleman as we mentioned before during the french revolution obviously mentioning madame la guillotine studied law which is pretty interesting you know changing you know finishing off your your degree in in law and then changing into chemistry and his wife was actually what what got him into chemistry she was his partner in crime so these this power duo is 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 has literally changed science and chemistry as we know it We're back on air with No More Sulfuring. I'm going to read two short stories about how sulfur impacts today, same as it did in the past. The first one's called Elements in Times of War. Like other staples of modern society, democracy, philosophy, drama, we can trace chemical warfare back to ancient Greece. The city-state of Sparta, laying siege to Athens in the 400 BC era, decided to guess its stubborn rival into submission with the most advanced chemical technology of time, smoke. Tight-lipped Spartans crept up to Athens with the noxious bundles of wood, pitch, and stinky sulfur. I lit them up and crouched outside the city walls waiting for coughing Athenians to flee, leaving their homes unguarded. Though as brilliant and innovative as the Trojan horse, the tactic failed. The fumes billowed through Athens and the city survived the stink bomb and went on to win the war. Now, the second story is called The Sulfur Road, a story by Institute and National Geographic. All credits go to their rightful owners. A thick veil of smoke races the sky over Mount Aegean. The scent of burnt matches saturates the air. The noxious material that seeps from the bowels of East Java's active volcano is incongruous with human life. It stings eyes, burns lungs, and corrodes the skin. But since 1968, the sulfur miners of Mount Aegean have ventured into this unpredictable labyrinth of gas clouds and superheated fumaroles to extract devil's gold and carry it back down the mountain, a portrait of bone-crushing physical labor. Mount Aegean hosts one of the last remaining active sulfur mines in the world, and while its otherworldly vistas have captivated scientists and troubles for more than two centuries, in recent decades the miners themselves have become a controversial tourist attraction. Everyday miners make the arduous trek up Aegean's 9,000 foot slopes under the covers of darkness before descending another 3,000 feet into the crater where a network of man-made ceramic pipes, funnels, and gases are responsible for precipitating elemental sulfur. Enveloped in toxic fumes and heat, they chip away at the hardened blocks and carry 150 to 200 pound loads back up the crater twice a day, earning an average of $5 per day. Around 2 a.m. when the first miners begin their ascent, hundreds of tourists are already streaming across the flanks of Aegean to witness this iconic blue flames, which can only be seen at night. Its half-mile turquoise crater takes on an eerie glow in the darkness. Deceptively beautiful, but it has a pH lower than that of a battery acid. The largest acid lake on Earth 
caustic enough to dissolve metal. Now, today I know we were all excited about our special guest, so please welcome chemist Amandita. Thank you for being here with us today. Hi, thank you for having me. So put simply, yes, sulfur is an element that we all need. So to emphasize on this question on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad is it? Like, let's assume that you woke up tomorrow morning and sulfur just didn't exist anymore. What would happen to life? I'd say infinitely bad. Not even 10, like 10 billion times worse. Die, you know? That's the short answer. No more essentials for any for our body, which leads to body failure. Now, on the narratives that we just read, um, one was funny, but the other one, any thoughts on it? Is it relevant to today? Yes, what we can tell is it's very important. Sulfur is used in the past, same as it is used today. Well, that's it for today, folks. We've run out of time again. Thanks, Amanita, for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. And see you next time on No More Sultering. This is your host, Thama, and have a good day. Be sure to check out our other episodes. I'm sure you guys will love them. Okay, that's it. Bye.